We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithane.org.au. Well, this morning, I had the privilege of continuing the Battle Ready series. And last week, um, yep, I was so excited about the opportunity to let you know that, hey, we are victorious in Christ. We are the victors. And this morning, as we talk about this battle, I want to say to you that you need to take a stand. And I trust, as I read some Scripture, as I share Scripture this morning, that the Holy Spirit will touch your heart and start to remove some of the the lies that the enemy has tried to tell you about the church, about us as Christians, that we could try and remove that from your lives and that you'll take a stronger stand this morning to stand against his schemes because no matter who you are, if you are in Christ, the enemy is doing everything he can to hinder you and stop you from getting on with your God-given call. Just need to open your eyes spiritually and see what's happening. Let me pray. Lord, this morning, I invite you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you'd break through the darkness, the lies of the enemy, and everything he's tried to do to hinder us from stepping up to be who God has called us to be. I pray, God, that you would just break the ground of the enemy and that we'd have a real sense of the power and the presence of God as we step out into victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes we underestimate, we miss what is happening when the, the devil is doing what he can to hinder and stop us. There was a department store over in London. I think it's called Harrods. And it got broken into one night. And people went through and they didn't pinch anything. All they did was they changed the price tags on everything in the shop. They just messed up all the price tags. So something that was really expensive was now really cheap. And something that was really cheap was really expensive. And you know, it wasn't until halfway through the trading day the next day that they realised what had happened. So something that was priceless was going for nothing. Something that was really cheap was going for a lot of money because all the price tags have been shifted We laugh at that, but I want to say the devil has done the same today. The devil has shifted the price tags on the things that are valuable, the things that are important. He has shifted those tags and bit by bit, we're starting to believe some of the priceless stuff is worthless and some of the worthless stuff in life is absolutely priceless. We've got to start to realise in this battle, the devil is doing everything he can to deceive us, to undermine us, to distract us from God's plan and God's purposes. In my life as a pastor and even before as a pastor, man, I was confronted with the powers of darkness. I was confronted with the many things that they've been trying to do. And I've seen in people's lives where people have been absolutely set free. And I had a few illustrations I'm going to 
share with you, but I've decided not to because some of them are just too horrific for me to share with you because I don't want images left in your mind that gives any glory to the enemy. I wanna give glory and honor to Jesus who's absolutely our victor. His power and his authority is absolutely supreme. But I have seen it firsthand throughout my ministry of how the enemy has come into people's life and like John 10.10 says, has killed, steal and destroyed. And his goal is to destroy Destroy you. That's what he's after. Destroy you to get you off the path to, to absolutely destroy you. It's like as a child, I used to have to, in grade one and two, ride my bike to school. And to ride my bike to school was about a kilometre away. The first part was easy because it was downhill. The second part was hard because it was uphill. I had one of those bikes that just had the chain. It didn't have the handbrakes or anything. just had the chain to um, stop the bike. You just push the chain backwards or the pedals backwards and the bike would stop. Sometimes going down the hill, <laughs> the inevitable happened. And what happened? The chain come off. Who's ever had a chain come off? Man and you're just flying down. You had to make an instant decision. It doesn't get any better along the way. It's best to jump off now rather than plow into a car in the cross street down the bottom. And when the enemy is, he starts to deceive you. It's best to recognise it now and get out of it rather than stay in there and think it's going to get better. It doesn't get any better because his goal is to kill, steal and destroy. That's what he's trying to do with you. That is his aim. 2 Corinthians 4, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of God. The devil of this world, the, the God of this world is the devil. He's blinded the minds of unbelieving people. We wonder why can't they just see the gospel? Why can't they understand? Because he has blinded them and he does everything he can to keep them blinded. When I got saved at the, the age of 19, 20, I was so excited. It just made sense. A light went on in my life. It made sense. He is the king of the world. I am saved. I've been transformed by his grace. Let's tell everybody all about it. We had a youth service that night at church, so I ran off all these leaflets and I walked the streets of Toowoomba giving it out to hundreds of people and I expected to have hundreds of people in church that night because the message is so simple, come and get saved because the light went on for me. Not one of those people turned up because the God of this world, we fight a spiritual battle. And in our own lives, we are fighting a spiritual battle. Spiritual warfare is a spiritual fight. It's a spiritual wrestling match against the enemy. And it's a spiritual struggle. There's a struggle that's going on. If you are struggling, and when we struggle, we try and fix it up in an earthly realm the best we can and put, get all our ducks in a row and make it right. But just because your ducks are in a row doesn't mean it's right when it's a spiritual battle. You are involved in the spiritual battle, whether you like it or not, you cannot get away from it. There's no place you can go to get out of the battle. You can't withdraw. And if you withdraw from God, well, then you are on Satan's territory. So once you come to Christ, he brings you into the battle that's already been won, but we've got to fight it for him. And he wants us to stand firm. Now, one thing I believe that we've forgotten it's God's story. 
We've forgotten God's story about why we're here and why we exist. Let me read it for you. Ephesians chapter one, verses 19 to 23. This is his story. This is his narrative about his story. God showed us his incomparable great power for us who believed. The power that is the same as the mighty strength that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this present age, but in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. The church is his body, the fullness of him who fulfills everything in every way. He said, the church I've raised up, the church has got the authority and it's got the spiritual power to make a difference. Let me read it for you in a slightly different translation. God raised Jesus from the dead and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever and ever. He is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The, ch- the world is peripheral to the church. Do you have the confidence today that that is God's story? The God who made this whole universe, this this whole cosmos has put the church in the middle of it all to say the church is there to make a difference. And as we look at Revelation and and read the stories about what's gonna happen, the church being taken out of the world, while the church is in the world, there's a sense of hope, there's a sense of peace. So in God's story, we are put here to be in the centre of the world. And the devil has done everything he can to try and undermine that and try and let us know that that it's the governments, the decisions of governments and things like that, that is world central. But in the spiritual realm, the church has got the power and the authority. What story has got your attention? Is it the political story? Is it the social justice story? Is it the story with mandates and diseases? Is it the story overshadowed by wars and rumours of wars and what may happen? Is it about the economy? Is it the story about global warming and climate change? You see, the devil has put so much out there to distract us that we're so busy to fix up all these broken things in the world that God said would break, we've forgotten the spiritual thing. You you just have to go into an old town. And what's in the middle of that town, in the middle of its shopping complex? What do you always see? A church. 
because they got it right years ago. They realised that the church is God's hope for the world. So when they built a a new community, the church was the centre of the community. The church always gave hope, but little by little that's been undermined by the devil and all that's been taken away, that there's no time, there's no room to look at, is there a spiritual world? Just imagine if a government wanted to put out um, something to find out, is there a spiritual world? and they put in everything they could to try and find out, is there a spiritual world out there? They'd have to come back and say yes. Because so many people's lives have been transformed by God's amazing grace. It's important then that we know the enemy's tactics, that we know our weapons, that we know the consequences of surrender. There are consequences if we surrender to the devil. People don't like the word consequences anymore. Have you ever had any consequences in your life? I had some consequences many times, but we were living in Mariba. We'd built a house on a, some acreage just outside Mariba. Meryl's parents, my parents-in-law, had come up for um, a week and we decided to put up the garden shed. And Meryl and I were there. Our kids were, were quite young, but... Um, both my, my parents-in-law decided that they would help us. Now, I'm not one for reading instructions first. Hey, let's get it together and fix it up along the way. So here we were halfway along. We had the roof half on. We had the sides half on. It was standing there on the cement. The wind was blowing a gale. Mariba, the wind's always blowing a gale. And something just wasn't right. So my father-in-law says, you better get out the instructions. So I tear open the plastic, get out the instructions. First thing says, do not put this up on a windy day. Okay. (laughs) Why did I read that aloud? The next instruction was, make sure you've got everything that you need before you start. (laughs) Here we are with half the walls up and half the roof up, and then we realised some of the screws weren't there. So I had to drive... A half hour's drive by the time I got into town, went to the, um, got all the stuff I needed and came back out while my parents-in-law was standing there in a gale holding this um, garden shed together. Consequences were it wasn't a nice dinner that night. Um, There's always consequences. And where the devil's involved, if you listen to him, there are going to be consequences. And there's no neutral ground. We think, okay, I'll just be neutral. You're either for God or against Him. We think there's lovely neutral ground. Let me give you an illustration. Just imagine Lloyd takes me out in his amazing boat. Been out there before. We haven't hit anything. But just imagine if he and I and there were three other people in his boat, we got out there, we hit a log and we cracked the hole. And the water started to come out, started to come in. So Lloyd and all the other guys start to really quickly bail, bail as quick as they can. But I decided I didn't want to get wet. So I just stood over the corner and watched them. I don't want to be involved. I want to be safe because I don't want to be involved. I just want to be neutral. Standing there, I was responsible then for sinking the boat even though I wasn't doing anything because I wasn't helping keep it afloat. And so often we think, I won't mess with the devil. I won't take a stand. I won't do anything and it's all okay. If you aren't standing (laughs) against 
against the devil, you are standing with him. And we've got to see that. We've got to see that. We don't take our stand because Scripture is telling us you need to take your stand. Here in Ephesians 10, 6 verses 10 to 18, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the full arm of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. He's saying, you've got to stand against the devil's schemes. He's going to scheme against you. And I will tell you that every single one of you, the devil is scheming against you. He knows your weakness. He knows your fears. He knows your worries. And he's playing a game to push you under. That's what he tries to do. And he never backs up. He's not a nice guy when you're in the corner and everything's going wrong and you feel had it. Then he kicks you even harder because that's who he is. You can't do a deal with the devil and win. So we've got to stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. We battle a spiritual realm. And when we pray and we break that, when we get the victory in the spiritual realm, then in the physical realm, things start to change. Marilyn, I know, Eliza, as we brought up our, our kids, there have been times that we, we could not speak into their lives, but man, we prayed for our kids. We just made a determined effort. We need to pray more. We need to pray harder and things change. There's been other circumstances that we couldn't do anything about in the physical realm, but when we prayed, we saw the difference happen because we got the victory in the spiritual realm. Then you see it um, happening in the physical realm. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground and after done doing everything, you will be able to stand. So he's saying, stand. You need to take a stand. You need to take a stand against the devil's schemes about what he's trying to do in your life, what he's trying to do around you, what he's trying to do in our nation, what he's trying to do in our world, that we need to take a stand. Then he tells you, this is how you take a stand. And if every Christian just took a stand, and it would make an, a powerful, incredible difference because there's something happening in the spiritual realm when Christians take a stand. And this is how you take a stand. It says, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit at all occasions with all kinds of prayer and petitions. And get this one. This one really shone out to me. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray for one another. That's so important. Pray for one another. So I just want to run through those areas. And as I run through those areas, I want the Holy Spirit to just show you where the enemy is messing with you. Because in one of these areas, or more than one of these areas, the devil will be messing with you. The first thing it says, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist. Truth. The devil is a liar always has been and always will be. So he works in lies. 
He works in non-truth. He starts to lie about God's story. He starts to lie about the church doesn't have power. He starts to lie about your position. He starts to lie about who you are. He starts to lie about how God sees you. He starts to lie about God's promises over your life. He starts to lie in areas where you prayed and God didn't answer the prayer that the way that you wanted to. So he starts to pray and tells you that God doesn't really care and God doesn't love you. So he starts to build an arsenal of lies in your life that you start to believe. And when you start to believe that, that is ground then for the enemy to keep lying to you. And you this girl once who was the most amazing singer and she used to sing in coffee shops. One time her brother said to her, you'll never make it as a singer. And you know what? She believed it. And you know what? She never made it as a singer because she believed a lie. And that was a lie. What is the devil lying about you that you're not good enough or what you can't do or you don't fit or God doesn't really love you? There are lies that he is putting in your life to try and hinder you from taking a stand. It's so hard to take a stand when you don't really believe that God loves you. It's so hard to take a stand when you don't really believe that God has got your present and your future and he's gonna look after you. It's so hard to take a stand when you feel you're the odd person out. Those lies stop you from taking a stand. Deal with those lies, call them lies, and start to speak into your life truth. The next one is with the breastplate of righteousness in place. The breastplate of righteousness right here in my heart that I'm right before God. Yes, there's a battle going on in here. There's an old nature and a new nature. The Bible says the old nature has been crucified. You now have a new nature. Get on and live with God. But the battle doesn't stop there then. The battle keeps going on between the old and new. This old part of me, man, I wish it would just die. But it sticks its head up in the worst times and the worst place. Does your old nature stick its head up? No, not at all. Okay, good on you. You can preach next week. But there's this battle going on and the battle goes on and on. And then the devil says, how can you possibly be a Christian if you thought that? That thought comes from the enemy anyway. And you thought that, so so how could we be a Christian and be doing that? The Bible says your righteousness is in Christ. Understand who you are in God. Deal with your sin. Deal with the stuff that's going wrong. Take it to Jesus and ask his forgiveness. But in asking forgiveness doesn't mean he doesn't love you any less. He still loves you. He still created you. He died for your unrighteousness. Live in who you are in God, not in the battle that you're going through between your old nature and your new nature. Story about this people who had this pig and they... They trained this pig to come into the house. They trained this pig to be a pet inside. And pigs are quite bright animals. And the pig could even sit up at the table. So beautiful. And they're so proud of their pig. He'd sit up there, put some stuff on the plate, and the pig would eat it, and they'd feed the the pig. That was great. This pig was doing so well until one day someone, it had rained, and someone left the door open. And where did they find the pig? Back in the mud. Because that's its nature. To ever think anything different 
would be a lie. We will always have a battle. We always need to push through for the righteousness of Christ. The gospel of peace, shod with the gospel of peace. That's the good news of peace. There's good news, guys, that in this world that's going chaotic, there is peace because we know that God has got this. If we believe His story, we know that God knows what He's doing. We know that God's hands are on everything, even though it doesn't look like it. We know how it's gonna finish. We know the end, He's told us that. So we can have peace. The devil wants to rob your peace. How often has he, the, the devil tried to lie to you about what's gonna happen in your future? How many lies have we all believed about our future and it never happened? If I go back over my life, there's many things I was fearful about, many things I worried about, many things I was concerned about, and I feared it, and it never happened. Fear knocked at the door, faith opened it, and found there's nothing there. Faith opens the door and finds that there's nothing there. The next thing is all about, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The enemy is doing all he can to get rid of your faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, God is pleased. When you take a step of faith, when you believe it, God is pleased. It's not about the outcomes. It's about this guy is standing in faith. This person is believing God. When we believe God, it makes all the difference because we're acting in faith. The devil hates faith because that pleases God. So the devil doesn't want us to live by faith or by faith believe that God can do some amazing things. By faith, we need to start believing now that the church is gonna make a difference in our nation. By faith, we need to start to believe, God, I'm gonna reach my potential in you. God, by faith, you're gonna fill me with your gifts and your abilities so I can make the difference that you want me to make. But it all starts in our thought process. Our thoughts, our thoughts that we, we allow to wander. It says, take up the helmet of salvation. Put it on your head. Put the helmet on strongly because the enemy messes with your thought life. He, he messes with it over and over again. Your mind is a battlefield. And if we let the enemy in there with his lies and lack of faith and his innuendo and his hatred, what's gonna happen is our mind is just gonna go crazy and always be negative and always be empty. So we need to take every thought captive and declare God's story for our lives. God, your story for my life is that you've called me for such a time as this. God, your story for my life is that I can serve you and I can honour you until the day that I'm called home. Your story for my life is, yes, there may be a struggle, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. After that, we need to grab God's Word, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to know God's Word, to be able to proclaim God's Word. And the first couple of verses I read, stand firm in that evil day. Some days are more evil than others. I can tell you, some days I feel like, like the enemy is railroading me. 
Last 24 hours with this message. Yep, it was one of those days. Keep focus. Get the Word of God out. Start to read it. Start to read those verses aloud. Grab a psalm and, and read a psalm aloud that God, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You love me, God, that, that I'm your child and, and I'm the apple of your eye. Declare it. Declare the truth from the Word because the devil hates the Word of God. He knows the Word of God and he hates it. Never never doubt that the devil doesn't know what's in the Word. He wants to skew with it. I've been there when someone's being released from the powers of darkness and a demon would speak out. And what happened is they um, corrected someone who stated Scripture incorrectly. Don't ever doubt that the devil doesn't know Scripture. He knows it and he knows how powerful it is. So he wants to take it away from the plumb line of God skew it and make you be distracted. The Word of God is the Word of God. That's who we are. That's who we preach. And we do not compromise on the Word of God. We proclaim it, we teach it, and we stand by it because that is victory. And the last thing is simply pray. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Pray for one another. Prayer is powerful. Prayer makes a difference. If something is going wrong, if something is, is not right in your life, if there's something happening, pray. Pray about it. Prayer makes a difference in the spiritual realm and will make a difference in the physical realm. They are the seven things that we need to do to stand firm against the schemes of the enemy and what he's trying to do. I just want to finish by just turning this all around and saying, here is seven ways not to take a stand against the enemy. These are seven simple steps not to take a stand against the enemy. It's the opposite from what I've just preached. Simply believe the lies that you're told about yourself. Secondly, live in unrighteousness. Let sin abound. Do whatever you want and don't worry about it. Three, allow fear to ruin your life. Allow doubt to ruin your life. Let your mind go wherever it wants, watch whatever it wants, go to, to any program or, or anything it wants to and just fill it with that stuff. Don't read the Bible and don't pray and you are a candidate absolutely for, a, for the enemy to come in and slaughter you. And how often, how often does that describe our life? When God is saying, when Paul is saying, take a stand. Take a stand. You're part of his story. We've got to take a stand. As the worship team comes up, let me read you one more time from Ephesians 1. God raised Jesus from the dead and he set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name, no power, exempt from his amazing rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of it all. He has a final word on every single thing. At the center of all this, Christ rules his church. The church, you see, is not secondary to the world, but the church is the center of it all. That's the story. That's the Word of God. That's what God has said. And that's the very thing, that's the very essence 
that's being undermined. Can we stand together? I wanna pray for you this morning. I wanna pray for you this morning that in the area that you detected that the enemy is messing with you, that you take a stand. You can't walk out of here and say, it's gonna be okay. It won't be okay. Take a stand. I stand against this in Jesus' Name. I recognise this in Jesus' Name. That you just raise your hands before God and let me pray for you. God, this morning, we all wanna take a stand. We wanna take a stand against the schemes of the enemy. We wanna take a stand where the enemy is lying to us. We wanna take a stand where the enemy is hurting us. We wanna take a stand against fear. We wanna take a stand against doubt. God, this morning we stand in the power and the might of the one who rules the universe and declare Jesus Christ, you are Lord and you are God. Holy Spirit, let your light shine into hearts into minds, into people's spirits this morning, that we'd start to see the glory of God, that we'd start to feel a sense of your incredible presence, that we'd start to feel victory and cleanness and warmth as the Spirit of God takes us and brings wholeness where the enemy has been defeated. So we pray against every power of darkness, attacking people, lying to people. We break his control and authority over people's lives. We release people to the mighty presence and power of God and we speak the name of Jesus, that powerful name of Jesus over every single person, over every single situation. We speak that over our nation, Lord. We speak that over our churches. We speak that over our lives. We speak that over our family because God, you are the center of the universe in Christ. And as a church with power and authority, we thank you, God, for your victory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.